I am so excited to welcome Coach Bree back. She is a good friend of mine. She's an amazing health coach and she specializes too in intuitive eating, which I think is a huge perspective that we need to get when it comes to holiday eating. She, um, if you want to find her on Instagram, you can find her at Bree Perry Coaching. And Bree, I'm so excited to be talking with you about how to navigate holiday eating because I think your perspective with, you know, um, with how you work with your clients and nutrition and coming from more of a holistic point of view and, you know, being able to intuitively eat and connect more with your body and under, you know, and not so much yeah. tracking and the neurotics of trying to lose weight and tracking and macro tracking and stuff, which is my world. I think that can be a lot of help here because the truth is like when you're navigating the holidays and we got Thanksgiving coming up. And then we got all the different gatherings, travel, all of these disruptions that come in this season, like to try if if you're trying to maintain your weight by tracking macros or by entering stuff into my fitness pal every single day, or you're trying to lose weight and you're doing that and you're trying to do that on the road, you're trying to do that at your friend's cocktail hour, you're trying, <laughs> you're going to drive yourself nuts, and you're going to feel like a failure. And that may not be the best strategy. So I would love to hear from you. First of all, like, what for how do you mentally approach food when it comes to the holiday season, and having to navigate and figure out, well, how do I eat when I'm going to houses and parties and have all this yeah. food in abundance yeah. around me? Yeah. So I feel a lot of intuitive eating is kind of like preventative eating in a way. So I'm sure a lot of your clients, because they track macros, they know how to kind of make a balanced plate, right? They know protein, carbs, fats. So I think the one of the main huge things that is so important is like, to eat breakfast and lunch, even if you know you're having holiday dinner tonight. Interesting. So let's camp there for a second. So you're saying eat breakfast, eat lunch, even if you're going out to a holiday dinner or party that night. Yeah, because I mean, if you if you don't, you're going into dinner like ravishingly hungry. And how the heck are you ever going to listen to a fullness cue at that point? You're going to blow past every fullness cue that's alerting you. Hey, 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 our stomach is like, 75% full now. It's like, nope, we're 120% full. So, <laughs> and then tomorrow we're going to restrict because we feel like shit for overdoing it, you know? And that's kind of a really vicious cycle that I'm sure we've all been, been through. But that's kind of the first thing that I will ever tell anyone is like, well, you know, the holidays are coming up. So be sure you're eating breakfast and lunch and dinner and don't try to like save calories for dinner because I feel like that's going to really put me in a pickle once dinner comes. It, it really, I agree with that 100%. And that's kind of like a hard and fast rule for myself that mm -hmm. I created through the years. Cause I know many people and I've worked with many clients as I know you have where the, the it's, it feels counterintuitive to them. Like if I eat breakfast and lunch, then I'm going to really overdo it that night when I eat all this stuff on top and I'm going to be eating so much. I'm going to weigh 10 pounds the next day. Yeah. And I think that's another thing too, is like, we're wanting for a holiday dinner specifically for Thanksgiving dinner, we're kind of wanting, we know we're going to eat a lot of different things or we kind of like predetermine that for ourselves when realistically, like, why do we have to do that? Why do we have to have three servings of everything just because it's a holiday? You know, there's going to be leftovers. So take Tupperware, 
you can eat Thanksgiving dinner for three days if you want, if you take a Tupperware, like you don't have to do that to your body all at once because it's going to mess up your blood sugar. It's you're going to have a horrible stomach ache. Your hunger cues are going to be all over the place for the next few days because we went nuts out that one day. Um, so I feel like it's really important to just kind of like find this like balance with it versus being, and I know this is like a totally like different mind shift, right? Because none of us really think like that. And it's taken me a lot of years to even get to this place and be brave and confident enough to even suggest something like this. But now that I've done it a few holidays in a row now, and it felt so good. I'm like, the overeating is for the birds. Like I did that for my whole life, basically. Till I was like 29. <laughs> I would just, you know, save calories, overeat, restrict, overeat. And the tricky thing with counting macros is, you know, you're going to a holiday dinner. So you kind of do want to keep that bulk of your macros, your carbohydrates, you know, your fats, you want to like, what's that word? Like kind of hoard them for later. So you can enjoy <laughs> those foods. This is so true. <laughs> because, I mean, because it makes sense mathematically, like to do that for yourself. So you can fit your macros so you can do it properly. But I just think in the realm of like my life, like I'm not honoring hunger cues when I do that because I'm hungry all day. My hunger cues are saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. I'm saying no. And then I get to dinner and I finally eat. And then my hunger cues are saying, I'm full, I'm full, I'm full. And I say no. So that's not intuitive eating at all. So that's really, once I leaned into the intuitive eating fully, I realized, oh my God, I have to let go of macro tracking. I have to figure out a new way to do this because I'm not honoring my body when I track macros. And that was very eye-opening for me because as you know, I tracked macros for like six years. Wow. Yeah. So anyone that's in this, I feel you, I feel you girl. And I get it and whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's my I mean, perspective on my story now. <laughs> I'm with you on that because it's one, one thing with macro tracking is you can't, it's, it's just a tool that you can use as a data set, but you can easily so go overboard with being neurotic that it will no longer be a tool. It becomes a religion or it can, it can cause people to, you know, be triggered and have, you know, so it's kind of like one of those things where it's a tool, but once it ceases to help you and be beneficial to you as a tool, yeah. then, then it's no longer beneficial, you know? Sure. And, and also one of the, even though I, you know, I love macro tracking because to me, it gives me data and it helps me kind of you know, I, I don't macro track all the time. There yeah. are seasons when I just eat more intuitively, but because I macro track, I know, oh, I need a serving of carbs that looks about like this. I need some protein mm-hmm. and I know how to, how to combine foods without thinking about it because I've done it, so, which you also know. Macro tracking will make you an amazing intuitive eater. Once you get there, you need it both time you to work your mind around it. Yeah. You, you want, you want to be able to do both. You want to be able to eat a balanced, healthy meal without having my fitness pal sitting in front of you telling you if this is okay or not. Like that's not who makes the decision. You make the decision. Yeah. So take me through, um, kind I want you to do like an AB comparison. I Mm -hmm. want you to take me through how in the past you, well, you kind of already did this, how in the past, before you learn to listen to your body, you would go into the party and mm-hmm. like how, what that, what kind of, you know, almost like you're opening up the, your mind to go into going into the party and what, how you would make decisions about food before yeah. you really embraced intuitive eating and listening to yourself. And now, now that you're where you're at today and you love the freedom that you have to be able to go to parties and not overdo it, 
what you do now when you go to a social gathering, how you think about it, what types of things you tell yourself when you see the food laid out, how do you make decisions about what you're eating? Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. So we touched on this hoarding calories for dinner. I feel like that was, that's the main thing that I would do. And then I would just, once you're there, because you have like, your mind is a little bit more restrictive day to day. So then now we're somewhere and there's so much food, you kind of want to try everything because these aren't foods that you would normally eat. Whereas now I might enjoy like mashed potatoes during the week for just because I felt like making them or what's another food that you might save for like a holiday? Like, I don't know, I guess like a special like like ham or you know, making turkey and dressing or something like. I love the cheese plates. Okay, so my holiday, I'll be honest. Yeah. I only eat brie, like cooked brie with the, with the, um, with the, what do you call it? Pastry around it. Yeah. All that. That's my Christmas. Like, mm. and I tend to only do it at Christmas Yeah, um, because it's so heavy on fat and I like to eat it a lot. <laughs> I just, I just don't feel like I want it any other time. I could yeah. like, go and eat it if I wanted to. I just yeah. don't really feel like it. But like that for me, if I was saving calories all day, like, and I walk into the party, I'd be like, there's the cheat. I saved my calories for this. I'm going to start with the cheat. Like there would be like one food I would zoom in on and I'd be like, I'm going to town on that. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? There's like, there's that little piece of you that wants to keep it nostalgic and special just for that holiday. But again, kind of as I've gone through my thing, like, y'all, I felt like mashed potatoes was something that I had. I mean, I would eat it here and there throughout the year, but it was extra special on holidays. And I'd eat like three helpings of it every year. Whereas so now it's like, I can kind of like see mashed potatoes and I'm like a serving of it makes me happy. And for you, maybe your brie with your pastry like that, I mean, maybe you would start making it more throughout the year. Like if you just felt like it, or the kids were asking for it or or something. I don't know. Just so that when you see it, you don't feel like you have to eat so much of it. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't get a stomach ache for me. I feel like I'd always eat everything until I had a stomach ache from it. I don't know what that was, but I think it was the restriction, you know, and just feeling like, Oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to eat this again for who knows how long. Like, whereas now when I eat something, I'm like, I can literally make this whenever I want. I can eat it whenever I want. So I'll eat like smaller portions of it. Not trying, not even trying to control portions, but just knowing that like, this is going to satisfy me. That's huge. That was a realization I came to as well. Um, just, you know, just dealing with cravings and, and healing binge eating. Yeah. It's like, I don't have to eat all the cookies just because they're there. I can go buy Oreos anytime I want. I'm a grown ass woman. Right. I can, if I want an Oreo, I can go buy one. Like my five-year-old self maybe couldn't do that, you know, which sometimes we revert to little toddlers, you know, when all the food's in front of us and it's like, oh, that's Christmas. I got to eat it all, you know, but it is true to remind yourself, yeah, you can make mashed potatoes whenever you want. If you love the way they make them at this party, ask for the recipe. Another thing back on the Oreos, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, and and I think a lot of us think this way. I know a lot of my clients do. They're like, well, I can't keep Oreos in the house. I can't keep chips in the house because I'm always so control or I'm sorry, out of control. I'm so out of control every time I eat them or I even see them in the cupboard. Like they last two days maybe. And I, I think a lot of that was because any time that I had ever gone to like eat those foods in the past, it would be like while I'm making dinner or while I'm like 
watching TV zoned out. So I just, every time I always overdid it. So when I started implementing these foods, like say I would eat my full dinner and then I would sit down with my pack of Oreos. And this is like, sounds so silly to like do it so intentionally, but I feel like it really kind of opens your mind to like what's happening here. And like, we were talking before the call started, like how our taste buds change and just slowing down tasting food. What's the texture? What the fuck's it smell like? Like what does like chewing it fully and tasting it? So I'd eat an Oreo. I'd eat a second Oreo. That's the serving size, right? Yeah. Well, I still wanted another Oreo, but like I wasn't eating the whole sleeve of them. And now I can't have an Oreo or two most of the time, not always. Sometimes I have a few more, but rarely ever am I like, Oh my God, a whole sleeve of Oreos or whatever. And I feel like you have to kind of take the time with your trigger foods, your foods that, you know, excite you to kind of chill around them and just make them less, ex- less exciting. I think we kind of talked about that too, making food less exciting. Yeah. And it was like the fun in food being excited too, because food isn't just for fuel. That's another thing that we say a lot too. Like food is fuel, like eat well to, for that. But, and that is true. But what else is also true is that food is also like an emotional connection and connection mm-hmm. and food is also cozy and food is so many things. And that's a good thing. Like that doesn't be a bad thing. I think we knock emotional eating a lot, but I think there's a time and a place for like allowing yourself to just be sad and eat chicken noodle soup and a couple cookies or whatever. I think where it goes astray is where we emotionally eat and it's actually binge eating. I feel we can use food for emotions, you know, when we're excited and we want to celebrate or if we're sad and we want to eat a little bit, but if we're doing it and, and layering on binge eating with it, I think that's very different. Yeah, I agree. Cause binge eating tends to be more like food is now my source for whatever I need to feel mm-hmm. versus I'm actually just enjoying the food and this moment and it's complimenting, yeah. you know, my moment. And yeah. so I love what you said about trigger foods, because this, uh, when I polled my current clients and some other people about what are the pitfalls with holiday eating trigger foods came up because now I'm going to be at a gathering, right? Or all the things I used to love, or I just love cookies, or I love Aunt Sally's pie or whatever. And, oh, yeah. and they're not with Aunt Sally all the time. And the pie is here and I don't always get it, right? It becomes like this trigger food. And maybe they aren't able to actually do that work, you know, in the moment where they can, inst- you know, where they're spending time with it, like you can with Oreos, which I, I do highly suggest you do. I did a lot of that stuff to heal my own binge eating, just like you said, um, yeah. slowing down. So let's say that, you know, you're faced with a, a gathering and you know, there's probably going to be food there that may trigger you to want to mindlessly eat or overeat or binge eat even, because you're not connecting with your body and the people around you. So what advice could you give to somebody who knows that trigger food's going to be at the party and I need a way to cope while I'm there so that I don't feel like I don't make myself sick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. So hopefully you're not, hopefully this gathering isn't your first introduction to intuitive eating. Like hopefully you've been doing a little bit of work leading up to it working on your mindset a little bit, because I think a lot of this is tricky too. Like when my clients go on vacation to their favorite vacation spot and they're hitting up restaurants that they normally love to go to and they still love to go to, and that's fine, but they just have to kind of really keep in mind, like how their body feels when they overeat X food, because really, and I've tried like 
I've tried to think of like other techniques around this, but I feel like that's the most powerful one. It's kind of a hard one, but I feel like it's the most powerful to just like think about how your body's going to feel if you do overdo it again. And how can I maybe prevent feeling that way? Maybe you split a sandwich with your partner before you go eat there. So you're, so you're not super hungry, like on a scale of one to 10, your hunger is only like a six or a seven. You're not going in there a nine or a 10, you know, you've eaten a little bit. So now I can go in here and grandma's pie. Maybe I'm going to the holiday party. Grandma's pie is there. So, you know, maybe I, maybe I did have breakfast and lunch, so I'm not like crazy at dinner. So I have a mindful dinner. I have one serving chill for 10 minutes. Maybe there is something I wanted seconds of, but I'm thinking like grandma's pie, is that going to be like overdo it if I, you know, have seconds and grandma's pie. There's a lot of like kind of calculating ahead for that stuff. You're using your brain instead of your macro calculator, you know? So then as you're moving on through your macro tracking journey, like you can release that, that, that calculator because now your brain and your body like does all that beautiful, amazing stuff for you. And you give it the space to tell you those things. Um, and you, you honor it when it tells you too. And then, you know, then you start really getting a like big ego. Cause you're like, I don't overeat anymore. Like, you know, I know what my fullness cues feel like, cause, <laughs> which sounds so hilarious, but when you've spent years binge eating, overeating, whatever you want to call it, if you can get through a family dinner and, and only be stuffed up to like a nine, not a 15 out of 10, you're like, I'm a man, I'm a woman. Right. <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> That's right. So to answer your question, I think kind of trying to really think ahead, like, how's this going to, how's this next serving going to make me feel like maybe I need to have one piece of grandma's pie and I'm taking another piece fucking home with me and I'm eating it again tomorrow. Like, well, I like that strategy. You can have it tomorrow and yeah. just see how that feels, you know, instead of having to have it tonight, knowing that it's going to tip me over into, I feel terrible or I'm going to feel bad about myself or whatever, then. Yeah. I'll and if you were going to eat two pieces anyways, like it's not bad to eat it tomorrow. Like, cause I know some people want to get right back to it the next day, but like you can stuff yourself with two pieces right now and blow past your fullness cues and not honor your body. Or we could say we're taking this into tomorrow. Maybe we'll try to make it fit our macros. Maybe we'll be a little looser with our macros, but we're going to let that be okay for one more day. Yeah. yeah. It's your body. It's your life. It's your diet. You can do whatever you want with it. That's the cool thing as you get going, whether, whether even when you're macro tracking, like you can kind of work those numbers how you want and you can be loose on days when you want to be loose. And depending upon how hardcore you are about your goals and stuff, obviously, if you're very serious about a goal weight or something, you're not going to be able to be as loose, but you're going to know that going in, like I've got this goal. So I think that's another thing too, to really evaluate with my, with my clients going in. I don't work with weight loss goals anymore, but we would talk about like, why is this so important to you? And really how important is it for a lot of people? It really, they realize it's not as important as they thought that, that it was, but some of them were really like, no, like I really want to do this for myself. And we'd be like, okay, so that's how we would roll. And by the end of it, they're like, ah, I don't know anymore how important that is to me. Like, I'm feeling really good in my life. I'm getting my movement in most days. I don't overeat food anymore. So I'm feeling more better in my body. I think a lot of that stuff is very connected. I think a lot of people hope they'll get those things if they lose weight, not yeah. realizing that that's not necessarily connected to the goal. Yeah. That you There's can definitely an accomplished feeling, right? You're like, I remember hitting my goals and being like, cool, like so cool. 
but then it was always something else. Like I'd want to tone up more. Or I would still want my cellulite to be gone or, you know, wish my pooch wasn't, wasn't as defined. And, and I realized as I was going, like, I think at first I didn't realize, but then I started realizing, like, I was so hyper fixated on what I looked like that I was kind of missing the bigger picture. Wow. I don't know, but it's very easy to do in this culture and in today's society. And and there's a lot of stuff like, you know, flashing online and it, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love those strategies for the gathering. And I, I think they're very powerful and something most people don't think about. So I love, you know, just to kind of recap really quick, thinking about kind of having a somewhat of a plan when you go in, yeah. not necessarily yeah. on what you're going to eat, but how you want to feel. Like the plan to be like, when am I going to know that I've had enough, you know, and I'm going to allow myself to eat, but I'm going to honor my fullness cue, which means I'm going to listen to my body or, and if I feel like I need to eat something because it's a compulsion, because I'm not going to get it again. Well, you know, instead of woofing it down and making myself feel bad, maybe I create a strategy like I'm going to take a piece home or, you know, some, those are all fantastic ways to kind of approach it. And then maybe tomorrow you discover, eh, I wanted it last night, but eh, or really maybe you get out. home and it's been three hours and you're watching Netflix and you're like, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy I brought that pie home. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, because, you know, with gatherings, it's, it's a weird psychological thing in that you don't want to lose control, but you don't want FOMO either. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. like FOMO is like the fear of missing out that if I don't eat all the things or if I restrict myself, I'm going to miss out and everybody else is getting drunk and everybody, and that's a whole nother, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast It's like, Oh, the alcohol plus the food that could take you to a whole nother level, you know, and I gotta keep that to a minimum. <laughs> and then the alcohol you have to be intuitive about anyway, because you're the only one who's going to be able to start to notice when am I getting a little too tipsy? Right. You know, yeah. so it's really no different with food where you want to kind of be like, well, where am I getting to that point where this is, you know, I need to cut myself off, you know? So now let's transition to the second barrier with holidays and that's travel. And you kind of mentioned, you kind of like talked a little bit about this with your clients on vacation, yeah. but you know, most of the, it's not just vacation. Some people may be traveling to a really nice destination because they, they have the time off to do it this time of year. But a lot of people are traveling to families' houses and friends' houses and staying with people. And now the scary thing is food is no longer in my control. I'm not the one cooking it. I don't know what's going to be offered. I don't eat like they eat. Everything's going to be fried, you know, whatever. So yeah. If you were in that situation or when you've been in that situation where you're traveling and you're staying with somebody, how do you approach it um, from, you know, a standpoint of wanting to stay healthy, wanting to stay in control, wanting to stay as balanced as possible? Yeah. Well, I feel like there's different ways you can go about it and it will totally depend on the person. Like we were even mentioning early, like, is this client like, okay with being a little more loose? Like, is this really like not that serious for them? Is that, is that okay? Not that it's not that serious, but you know, in the grand scheme of the next, there's 52 weeks in a year. If I'm going to let loose for a couple of those weeks, like no big deal. Right. Right. Um, So you've got that client. I think that's the most simple, right? Hopefully they can just kind of be in tune and, and build meals as it feels right for me. And you used to be vegan as well. I'm vegan. So I do be bringing a cooler a lot of places and I don't feel bad about it. So there's also that mentality and I've adopted that. And 
there was also a middle ground between these things. I've been super loose before, um, with, with dieting with before I was vegan, you know, just not caring at all. I've been in the middle where I was like, definitely knew that I wanted to start making it more of a lifestyle and not wanting to be as loose. So I would just, you know, maybe bring an extra protein source or something so I can throw that into the mac and cheese or, you know, whatever else they were adding in. Um, or maybe just making sure I brought fruit so that I would have snacks like that. Um, there have been, and so now like in terms of my veganism, I feel like I'm a little bit more loose now too, just to make life more easy, I guess, and more flowy, like the way that I like to live it. So now I'm a, I'm probably like here in the, in the middle. Yeah. But like I used to full on bring like my mashed potatoes, my own gravy, my vegan mac and cheese, my own turkey. Whereas now I'll go kind of vegetarian for the for the holidays. So I'll bring my like protein source, but I'll eat regular mashed taters and and mac and cheese. So I guess what I'm getting at is you're probably going to have to plan ahead a little bit. You might have to pack a cooler. Maybe you get a medium sized cooler, throw ice in it, and you're sticking it outside your your aunt's door, like, and just being like, I know, maybe I'm being a little too healthy. You guys can judge me, that's fine, but I'm really trying to make a lifestyle change, and just let that be known. And hopefully, you know, they're their family. They're either gonna pick on you or they're gonna be like, you go, girl, you know. And either way, it's for you, and you gotta really know what you're doing and why you want to do it. And if you know those two things, it's not a big deal, and you just do your thing. <laughs> I, I I so relate to that because it's funny. My mom is vegetarian and I was raised vegetarian and then learned yeah. how to eat like in my twenties. Cause I wanted to bodybuild and nobody knew how to teach me to do that without mm-hmm. eating. So I was like, fine, I'll learn to eat the chicken. It was really hard to learn how to eat animals when you've never done it before. You yeah. know, so to this day though, when I go to my mom's house, she doesn't eat any meat. She's never tasted it, never had it ever in her life. So that is, was something to kind of overcome was, okay, you know, if I go to my mom's, then I'm either going to have to bring some foods, especially, yeah, like turkey, forward, like you know? Yeah. I mean, cause like we're going to Thanksgiving and I even had the thought of like, oh, we're doing Thanksgiving with my mom. Oh, she's not gonna have a turkey. And then yeah. I realized, oh no, we're going to my aunt's house. She does turkey. We're good. You know, but, but yeah. it was like little things like. You're ready to plan ahead a little. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and I think anytime you're staying with family, you're automatically going to be planning ahead for other stuff anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're doing Christmas with them, you're probably going to have to plan ahead to get gifts into your car or to have things sent or whatever. Um, so I agree. I'm the same as you, like we're taking a little bit of extra time to plan ahead with the food stuff. You know, I like to think of it too. Like if you're like, my mom is vegetarian. She's never literally never eaten meat before. And she's not going to start now at 80 years of age. Okay. She's just not. So like for her, if she comes into my house and I have her and I have meat lying around, she's not going to eat it. She's not going to want to eat it. She's got, you know, I'm going to have to have something for her to be able to eat. And as a host, if I'm hosting her, I want to accommodate her because I love her. Right. You know, I'm not gonna be like, mom, you're so hard to deal with You're I hate the fact you're a vegetarian. You're just gonna have to learn how to eat chicken or go, go hungry. Like, oh, I'm not going to do that to my 80 year old mother. So, you know, I think a lot of people fear having to me, I, you know, I think it's, it might even be worth it if you aren't sure if you can have a conversation with the person, especially if you've made a recent lifestyle change, right? 
because, you know, it is, there are varying degrees of stuff and you're right. It kind of depends on how hardcore and why that's important to you. Some people have legitimate health issues where like, if you're, if you have celiac and you're going to stay with a friend Mm -hmm. and you're going to go to the hospital, if you touch wheat, okay. Your friend needs to know that, (laughs) you know, So, so if you would be willing to have that conversation with that person, if it was a medical emergency type thing and plan ahead, then I don't think it's such a bad thing. Like you say, you know, to have that conversation or to approach them and say, Hey, I have, you know, some health restrictions right now, or I've made a lifestyle change, you know, for my health and here's how I need to be eating is that okay with you? Are you okay if I brought my own food? Are you, you know, because if you were like vegan, I mean, um, if you were like gluten-free or had to be dairy-free because yeah. the hospital, if you ate it and you're yeah. just you know going to show up at their house and are you just going to, you know, just yeah. like let it happen or like, you know, it, it, that makes it hard for the host. Yeah. And that makes it hard for you. Whereas I think most people, if, if they can be, they want to be accommodating. Yeah. Most people do not care like what's on someone else's plate. I mean, some people, I guess in my experience, people are usually actually really chill, but I'm sure there are some people that might like make side comments and stuff. I've seen some of that online. Like you shouldn't comment about what other people are eating and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, these types of situations might open your eyes to like what kind of friends and family you have, like if they're seriously going to give you too much of a hard time for anything like this, but I know family can be tough because you can't necessarily like they're, they're, they're blood, right. And you can't really not have them in your life in many ways, you know, or you might have that one person in the family that's just going to be judgy or just going to be passive aggressive or whatever. So I can understand how that can be tough, but you know, it, it, it really is, you know, you have to take it moment by moment and you have to kind of decide what's important to you before you go and what hill you're willing to die on. Right. So, you know, you mentioned you were in a place where you were totally vegan and it has to be hundred percent compliant. And you know, this is important. I brought my own stuff. I brought my own stuff. Right. I'm not going to put that on someone else. (laughs) Yeah. And I've, and I've done that before too, where someone else might be like, I can't do that to them. Bring my own stuff. I'm afraid I'm going to offend them. And But no. you know, you have to decide, well, is that the hill I want to die on? And many times I've said, yes, yep, yep. I wanted to, you know, I'm treating this as if I have a medical condition. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. But then you've kind of gotten to, through the years to a place where you're like, okay, I'm not willing to die on the hill, hill of, you know, I'm not going to eat meat, but I, I'm willing to open up to vegetarian to make it a little easier, right? And me have to pack less. And so it's kind of really, what it sounds like you're saying is it comes down to the priority to you and what you feel like yeah. is most important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate your thoughts on this and your time today. Cause you know, this it's, I feel like the holidays actually is like a Pandora's box where that opens up this whole, now let's really look at all the sorted things that get in the way and complicate the eating thing. You know, (laughs) it's like this perfect Petri dish of, of now let's make food really complicated and really hard for everybody. And everybody feels bad about everything they eat. And I feel like it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Um, if you know who, who you are and what's important to you during the holidays and, and, and if you can just get creative with different solutions and strategies. So, and it might help like taking a little bit of the emphasis off of the food in a way, like, 
I know that sounds crazy because it, it like we make it so much about the freaking food for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, but in any ways you can maybe try to take it off the food, whether it's like introducing a new game or putting on a good movie, you know, I don't know. I'm just, obviously we're going to eat and it's going to be delicious, but. I love that 100%. You know what? That was something I actually wanted to kind of touch on. And I'm so glad you brought it up that we put a, I feel like we put too much emphasis on the food part. Yeah. And we forget that, that you don't, there are other ways to connect with people without eating. And when you're going to a holiday party, you know, it's not just about the food. We don't show up just to eat the food. Ideally you're there to connect with people and have fun. Right. And, and, and yet I think we've just kind of created everything about an eating event where the event becomes the food, especially like Super Bowl parties and stuff like, okay, half people don't care about the game, but I'm coming here for the food. That's the only, that's my main, you know, where, where there's so much more to, to the holidays that can connect us. And there are other senses like what you see, what you smell, what you hear, you know, what you touch and, and, um, and you can be present in a conversation and be curious about that person and lose yourself in a conversation, you know, as much as you can lose yourself in just shoveling food in your mouth. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned that because you know, I think that's easy to forget that maybe. It really is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being my guest today. If you want to um, get in touch with Brie, you can find her at Brie Perry coaching on Instagram. Hold on one second. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, my phone keeps ringing and it keeps like knocking me off of zoom for some reason. Anyway, I need to put this on airplane. Like I'm oh. almost done. Give me a second. Oh, Stop calling me and running my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also Bree, is there anything else that you, um, want to promote or that you want to, um, mention about yourself before we go today? Um, let's see here. I just, I offer one-on-one coaching for intuitive eating and body confidence. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can definitely just reach out to me on Instagram and monitor every day. I highly <laughs> recommend it. Like if, if you can relate to Brie in the fact that you've done tracking or calorie tracking, or you've done all this stuff and you, and and I've talked to people all the time that that just does not work for them. You're ready to just tie it all together now. Yeah. It's really worth it to spend some time learning how to listen to your body and learning how to do this from more of, you know, trusting you. Um, And then you can always pick back up with tracking. It's always a skill that's there for you. But, you know, I think it's definitely if you're like, I'm not a tracker, I get neurotic with that. I need to learn a better way to be able to manage my weight and manage food. Then Brie is definitely the coach for you. She's she will help you out. She'll be amazing for that. So thank you so much for hanging out with me. (laughs) Happy holidays. Happy holidays.